Hey, listeners, welcome to this week's bonus episode. I'm going to start out talking about shawls. Shawls? Yeah. Shawls. I love me a good shawl. shawl. Yeah, you, you do. know. Yeah. yeah. Very Let's talk about much. what's hot in shawls these days. Yeah, we talk about what's, what's hot, yeah, what's okay, in. Um, yeah. Actually, we will, ironically. It's funny that you should say <laughs> really? that. Um, mm. Just just you wait. Um, so first, so shawl, the prayer shawls. Um, there was mm. the commandment to wear the prayer shawls, specifically with a fringe on them, specifically with a blue dye, to be a reminder of the commandments. Um, Why blue? Oh, you know, because it's you always fancy. Color, it brings out your eyes if you have blue eyes. I yeah, guess. your both of your <laughs> eyes, Aryan folk. Yeah, not um, mine. So I'm sure y'all have seen, especially like Hasidic Jews walking around with the prayer shawl, with the yeah. fringe coming yeah. out. Yeah. Um. So that's the same thing. Um. With as far as like tracking the traditions around prayer shawls, there's like a billion different traditions depending on different schools of orthodoxy and different ethnic groups within the Jewish diaspora. Um. There are some traditions What's where. Diaspora? Diaspora is like all the different oh. communities spread across the world, you know. Like there's so not like you know a that? community, but oh, okay. like the, yes, the sort there's of like like the African community. diaspora, which is not only people in Africa, but also like people who are brought over from Africa. Whoa. You know, like the diaspora. Yeah, um, okay. that's what it refers to. Cool. So, first in some communities, um, it's for it's a uh, first uh, worn. When you have your bar mitzvah, mm, it's yeah. when you first start wearing your prayer shawl. Yeah. Mm, okay. uh, cool, in cool. some communities, it's like as soon as you're like three years old. Dang. As soon as you're walking around, oh, here's your wow. prayer shawl. Uh, in some communities... So it's like your blankie. It's like, <laughs> I don't know about your blankie. I don't know about that, but it's... You like wear it when you're you walking, it, yeah. but not when you're sleeping. I don't mm. think you wear it when you're sleeping. But, yeah. um, okay. In some communities, it's something that like... <clears throat> you know, a father gives to his son. In huh. some communities, you don't receive one until you get married. It could be on your wow. wedding day that the groom gets one. It could be part mm. of a dowry. Um, wow. Are okay. dowries still things? Uh, in some in some cultures, yeah. Um, yeah. At Jewish wedding ceremon- uh, ceremonies, um, as the talit, which is the prayer shawl, it's often used as the chuppah. Uh, the chuppah is the, the canopy that's oh, in I Jewish see. weddings. It's used as that. Sometimes yeah. it's used as, as the chuppah. Um, now, this is interesting. So, it's only worn by men and boys. Mm. Right. Um, here's a quote from the Wikipedia. Authorities such as Moshe Feinstein, Joseph Solovitchik, and Eliezer Melamed have approved of women wearing prayer shawls huh. in private. Oh, thanks. In private. On okay. a feminine style garment. If their motivation is, quote, for God's sake... And not a protest against the sages or a feminist statement. God forbid it's a feminist <laughs> yeah. statement. Jeez. Okay. If it's wow. a feminist statement, then don't you even don't you even don't think, even think about, about it? it. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Um, as you can as can be expected from that quote, there have been some feminist statements. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there are some more progressive communities where women, you know, now on your on your bat mitzvah. You know, you'll we'll be also given get a, a prayer shawl. Yeah, okay. I thought and maybe that, yeah. you'll wear it, maybe you won't. Like in some, in some communities, people do wear it. Like women do wear it, mm. so it kind of okay. depends. I thought mm-hmm. on the bat mitzvah that I went to, my friend oh, got to wear a prayer shawl. Got a prayer shawl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought so. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that, yeah. but I do feel yeah like that may have yeah. happened. And then H and M happened, like the sc- the clothing store. Yes, H and M in 2017. Uh-huh. Uh, released a shawl slash scarf that looked exactly like a Jewish prayer shawl. 
And of course, people got really offended. Wow. Um, and they I released... I wasn't aware of this at all. Yes. So this happened. And, and uh, if you look at it, the comparison is like, yeah, that's pretty much a Jewish prayer shawl that Wait, they just released where? as Let a scarf. See. Show me. Um, here, I H&M will... H&M prayer shawl scandal. So here, I, I will... Sh- gonna, no, no, no. I'm just going to show you right here. Oh. Uh, so that's a prayer shawl. That's a prayer shawl. That's a real one. That's a real one. This was the scarf that they oh, released. Okay. Um, oh, I see. So it's got this kind of like barcode situation. A little bit of the barcode situation. But anyway, um, H&M released this statement. They took it down from their store. And then they released this statement. We are truly sorry if we have offended anyone with this piece. Everyone is welcome at H&M and we never take a religious or political stand. Our intention was never to upset anyone. Stripes is one of the trends for this season. And we've been inspired by this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, H&M. And here we are you talking about trends done, and trolls. I know, you right? You could have just done a vertical stripe as opposed to a horizontal stripe. Right, yeah. Anyone? No? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm looking at it, and this legit one, you can see there's like a the little bit of the blue in the mm-hmm. fringe at the end. H&M one doesn't seem to have that. So, but the, but also this like the legit one that you're looking at. That's not how necessarily every prayer shawl sure, works. Yeah. There is a little bit yeah. of a range, a little bit of you know some variation within that, right? Anyway, that's what I got. Wow, wow, boy, oh boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> What y'all got? Scandals. Um, well, I wanted to look into Psalms for cool. y'all because this is our first time encountering them in this great big book of ours. Um, <clears throat> okay, so first of all, let me tell you a little bit about Psalms. What what these are, please? Um, so this is the third section of the Hebrew Bible, um, and. Wait. What are the first two sections? Well, the first section is the one that we're technically still in. Okay. Which Talmud. is the Talmud. Yeah. Okay. And until I the end don't... of Numbers or the end of Deuters? Until the end of Deuters. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, Jesus got my reverence. <laughs> I did. I actually don't know what the second section is. Is it the... Um, the judges? Judges. Yeah. No, we're going to get all this wrong. Uh, yeah, right? Just tell us about like, Psalms. Okay, yeah. Well, hold on. Up. Now I want to know, like, <sighs> sections of the Hebrew Bible. We're just some live Googling here. It's going to be great. Oh, Don't even worry about it. Um, okay. Well, there's a lot of words on that page and not enough pictures. So there's the second section. And Psalms is part of the third section. Okay. Um, so I'll look it up. There are 150 in the Jewish and the Western Christian traditions, but there are more in the Eastern Christian oh, traditions, like, like Orthodox more and stuff like that. Yeah. There are more Psalms. Um, there, I remember learning this as a kid that they're linked to David. Yes. King David. Yes. Oh. King but David wrote them. Not true. No. Oh, geez. This authorship is not accepted by modern scholars. Whoa. According to Wikipedia. Well, well I'm going to look up defending inerrancy and see what they have to say. <laughs> oh boy. Well, so yeah, actually what, what's kind of interesting here is, um, this has, I found a chart of a probable timetable on when each psalm was composed. Okay. And this covers a range of many hundreds of years. So the oh. idea that they were all composed by David is I kind of silly. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, and actually, this, this list here is pretty cool, um, where it gives an estimated date. It gives the probable occasion on which each psalm was composed, links it to a scripture, and then what psalm number it was. Okay. So if I go to Psalm 90, which was the one that we read today... It links it to Numbers 14, verse 45. It is on the theme of, on the shortening of man's life, etc. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Etc. Great. Um, 
and uh, puts this at 489 BC. Okay. That is later than a lot of the other ones they have here. So I feel like, obviously, as we've learned before, there's like conflicting ideas about the timeline of when these things were written and stuff like that. Um, but it does still link it to this passage we just read in in numbers. Um, so on the, on the shortening of man's life, etc., which I just like that <laughs> wow. etc. There, mm-hmm. um, and it does confirm that these are songs. Yes, right. That these are specifically the lyrics to song songs. Yes. Right. They were originally songs. hymns. Songs. Uh-huh. They were originally hymns to be used on various occasions at sacred sites. Um, and so that, that little title that we read at the beginning that was like, you know, about, Moses. about Moses, a man of God or whatever, um, that I think it's something like two thirds of the Psalms have something like that. They have a little, uh, they, they, there's a word for it. And now I've lost the part where it's, it's like, like a little title, uh, a superscription Oh, great. is the name for that. Yeah. 116 out of the 150. Wow. So a little more than two thirds. Um, have individual superscriptions, a.k.a. titles, ranging from lengthy descriptions to a single word. And over a third of those are musical directions. Ooh! Addressed to the leader or choir master. Such such as, with stringed instruments, or... According to Lilies, <laughs> I'm sorry. As the musical scholar here, what would you say? Yeah, about you're that? the music boy, the music man, as it were. The thing that I learned in conservatory is that composers will write whatever the heck they want, and that's the whole point. Is so for you to interpret. It's not it. necessarily standardized, but I have no idea what okay. that would mean. Um, yeah, and others will just say like, "This is a psalm or a song." Or others will talk about like when to use it, like mm, to dedicate a temple mm-hmm. or for a memorial okay, offering, right. or uh, some carry the names of individuals, which would be the one that we read. All right. Um, another one, another thing that's interesting about them is that uh, they fall into categories. Each psalm is considered into um, one of several categories. Let's see. One, two, three, four, so five. I, There's five I, categories of songs. I feel like this is something that we're going to end up revisiting. No, I know. When we we will. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Let me just quickly go over this then. Okay. They're hymns, communal laments, royal psalms, individual laments, and individual Thanksgiving psalms. Okay. Nice. So I'm not sure if this one would be more of a lament or more of a hymn. It's a little mm. unclear. Felt more of a hymn be. vibe, personally. That's what you got from it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I did kind of want to close us out with is some music. But oh. wait, I also You have, have something? What did you find? Well, I just have the thing that you asked. What are the three sections in the Hebrew Bible? What are they? Well, okay. So the first <laughs> is... It's not a fight. Jeez. The first is the Torah, which we've mm-hmm. been talking yes. about. Yeah, yeah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Yep. So apparently these books were written by Moses, and most of the not words true, in the Torah okay. were written yeah. down by Moses exactly as God <laughs> commanded him to do so. Oh, boy. This person on Quora.com really... Okay, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, the Torah. I called it the Talmud, which is not correct. Okay, okay the Torah. Yeah. So the next set of books is the prophets. So they are... Joshua judges Samuel right, okay. Kings, not is, the judges, the prophets. Yeah, gotcha. Joshua judges Samuel Kings, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the book of the twelve prophets. What's that? I don't know. That's oh, that I think we just with... call it prophets. I think Isn't uh, there a book of... we don't. Nope. No, we don't. I thought it was Daniel next. Daniel. 
and it shall be Levon. Oh no, that's the that's Levon, not Daniel by Elton John. Anyways, okay. can we can we bring this home yes. somehow? Okay, okay. So these books, I'm sorry, were written by people, and the text was not dictated by God. The prophets recorded oh. the prophecies in a literary uh, way as a manner of recording their visions. According for, to this person. For posterity. According yes. to this person on Quora. Yeah. Correct. And so, okay, the third set of books is called The Writings. Hmm. So these comprise sounds, proverbs, job Job, <laughs> Daniel, and it uh, shall be Daniel. Okay. Nope. Ezra, as in Ezra Miller. Yep. Chronicles Better than of Ezra Narnia. Than I was thinking of, but sure. Song of Songs, which is, yep. we, I sang well, that. Yeah. We should sing it again. Okay. Uh, Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, Lamentations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Esther and Ruth. Okay. The Tooth. Yeah. Ruth the Tooth. Yeah. So these books were written by people, just lowly people with no input from God whatsoever. <laughs> However, the writings were divinely inspired and teach us lessons that God wanted us to learn. Boy. Cool. Okay. We're learning a lot in this bonus episode. We really are. Yeah. Can we finish out by listening to yeah, some music? Yeah, let's listen to some, some lovely some music. Psalm music. Okay, so this first one is supposed to be a good idea of the instrumental sound that likely would have accompanied these okay. psalms. Okay. At the time that they were written. Yes. Oh. So this is played on a lyre. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, and you can lyre. see in the video here, if you're watching. I've never seen this instrument before. That this is like a historical A historical lyre. lyre. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That That's really beautiful music. Such an, a historical lyre. So if we were to imagine Emily reading her psalm over this with the yawning <laughs> well <laughs> probably okay. no that is really lovely but, yeah and he's only playing there's no accompaniment or anything just that yeah, it's just this one guy you know i always wanted to play the harp as a youth yeah i just thought it would be beautiful Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. And then the other thing I have for you is a more modern take. And by modern, I mean turn of the century, nineteen oh. hundred. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, but more modern, still more modern. <laughs> yeah, it's like turn of the century into the nineteen hundreds. Um, by Charles Ives, who is a, a <laughs> extremely famous. I'm sure you all know him. <laughs> uh, extremely famous um, modern modern composer of that era. You said modern like three times. Yep. Um, and I'm just going to play a little bit of okay. it here. Alright, let's hear it. You'll notice this is in Latin. Uh, um. <laughs> so this is like some heavy grade organ music. Jeez. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> so you spoke too soon. <laughs> this feels like modern... It's like modern vampire music. Yeah. So the reason why I picked this one is because this is actually Psalm 90. Oh my goodness. This is the one that Emily read. As far as I could find, there's only like one famous setting of it, and that's this one. Okay. There's a soprano and a tenore. Yeah. To be fair, I suppose this psalm is about death, (laughs) a lot of it, so I guess this tone makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, a little somber for sure. Yeah. So this is um, with the BBC singers and I think mm-hmm. the London Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. uh, sorry, the the New London Orchestra. I see. Wow, fascinating. But you can see that kind of obviously. I think it's 
Latin, right? Yeah. Sounds like Latin. Yeah. Sounds like Latin and looks like Latin. Must be Latin. Gotta be, right? I can hear that soprano. (laughs) She's going crazy up there. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, imagine if we'd sung it like this the whole time. It would have taken us uh, 10 minutes and 41 Jeez, seconds to read well, that glad song. We did can, you, can you get to like a little bit of a... Like, you want me to skip ahead? Yeah. Okay, Is there a it. climax? I want to hear the soprano and the tenor. Okay. Seems to get oh, more... There she goes. Yeah, there, there she, she goes. is. There she is. Ooh, look at that dissonance. Yeek. I really like it. Yeah, me too. I actually do really like Charles Ives' music. <laughs> But that's because I went to composer school where we yeah. learned to like weird shit. Uh-huh. No, I know that was all the. It's all that like it is when you go to freaking school for music. It's true, the all weird stuff. Yeah. Weird stuff and old stuff. Mm-hmm. Has she no freaking solo? <laughs> it's a song. It's not designed for her to have a solo. But the billing uh, of the credits didn't imply yes, she would have a solo. Her and uh, him. Well, and I don't really want to sit here and just try to scrub back and forth <laughs> through this psalm trying to find where the soprano has a solo. We can do All that right. on our own time. Fine. And we will. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> All right. Well, we will leave you with this psalmy psalm <laughs> music. We hope that uh, you go and look at it yourself. Charles Ives, Psalm 90. Check it out on YouTube. Until then. We'll see you next week.